Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is Apostle Nicole Reddick with Converting Souls International Ministries. This month, I will be teaching on the birth the Son revealed. The birth the Son revealed. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. The Messiah who was born of the Virgin Mary. I thank you for his life and his time here. I ask you to touch the ears and eyes of the hearer and the seer and give them understanding of your word today. Have your way in me, Holy Ghost. Be glorified, O oh God, by this message as I lift up your Son, as he is revealed in his birth in the earth. I just pray that you would just continually have your way in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. We're coming out of Luke, the first chapter. And we're going to be going through verse 5 through 25. In this first section, I'm going to read verse 5 through 9. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah of the course of Abiah. And his wife was of the daughter of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, According to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. Here the book of Luke starts out in the days of Herod, the king of Judea. So what is he saying is during this time, there was a priest, a certain priest named Zacharias. And I'm understanding this word certain. He wasn't just a priest. He was a certain priest. And that's important because of his lineage. He said he was of the course of Abiah. Let's go to 1 Chronicles, the 24th chapter. He was of the course of Abiah. And Abiah 
was one of the sons of the sons of Aaron. And if you know anything about the Aaronic priesthood, they were set in place by God. They were the Levitical priests. And I want you to understand how important his position was. He lit incense to the Lord. And so I'm going to read a little bit before you. First Chronicles, the 24th chapter. Now these are the divisions of the sons of Aaron. The sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar. But Nadab and Abihu died before their father and had no children. He had no seed, neither one. And why would they die before the Lord? They died before the Lord because as priests, they burnt incense that stunk in God's nostrils. We, as a people of priesthood, I ask you, what are you burning in God's house? What is going up into God's nostrils? But Nadab and Abihu died before their father, and they had no children. Therefore, Eleazar and Ithamar executed the priest's office. So therefore, he had four sons, but only two survived to execute the priest's office. Because the other two who had the position, they died. And... David distributed them both Zadok of the sons of Eleazar and Ahimelech of the sons of Ithamar according to their offices in their service. Okay, and I'm going to read verse 4. And there were more chief men found of the sons of Eleazar than of the sons of Ithamar. And thus were they divided. Among the sons of Eleazar, there were sixteen chief men of the house of their fathers, and eight among the sons of Ithamar, according to the house of their fathers. Thus were they divided by lot, one sort with another, for the governors of the sanctuary. This is why Nadab and Abihu died. They had a special position in God. They were the governors of the sanctuary. And the governors of the house of God. Were of the sons of Eleazar. And of the sons of Ithamar. Why? Because the other two had died. And Shemaiah, the son of Nathaniel, the scribe, one of the Levites, wrote them before the king. And the princesses and Zadok, the priests, and Ahimelech, the son of Abiathar, and before the chief of the fathers of the priests and Levites, 
one principal household being taken for Eleazar and one taken for Ithamar. So out of the governors, there was only one chief from each son, one chief from Eleazar and one chief from Ithamar. And so we're going to go down to verse 8. Why? Because out of the sons of Eleazar, verse 10, it says he was the eighth lot chosen, Abijah. So this is the line of the lineage of Zechariah. He was of the priesthood. He was of the tribe of Levi. First Corinthians, I mean First Chronicles 23. These were the sons of Levi after the house of their fathers, even the chief of the fathers, as they were counted by number of names by their poles, that did the work of for the service of the house of the Lord from the age of twenty years and upward. So I want you to understand in verse 21 it mentions Eleazar and these were the Levites the Levitical priests the Aaronic priesthood and although Aaron was the high priest the his two sons governed in the sanctuary So we're going to go back to Luke, the first chapter, and I wanted to give you a little history on Zechariah. Just a touch. And the Bible says that Zechariah and Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God. Walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. Verse 6. The Bible says they were both righteous before God. So righteous means those who have conditioned their lives by the standard which is not theirs but God's Ephesians chapter 4 this is what is meant by Elizabeth and Zechariah were both righteous before God Those who have conditioned their lives by the standard which is not theirs but God's. In 
and that ye put on the new man, the new man, the new man. This is Zechariah. He's of the priesthood. And the Bible says he walked righteously before God, him and his wife. And in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the 24th verse, a righteous man puts on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The priesthood. Ephesians 4.24 Walking in the new man. Righteous before God. Who have conditioned their lives. By the standard. Not of themselves. By the standard. Not of their parents. By the standard. Which is of God's. And not by the standard of men or women. But by the standard of God. The definition go on to say that a righteous person is one justified by faith. And showing forth his faith by his works. He is justified by faith showing forth his faith by his works. I want you to understand the Bible says that there are good works and evil works. There are fruits of righteousness and fruits of unrighteousness. You've got to understand that if you are justified by God, you have put on the new man and you no longer walk in fruits of unrighteousness. You no longer walk in evil works. You walk in good works. You walk in fruits of righteousness. You've got to put on the new man in the priesthood. Romans, the first chapter. Romans, the first chapter, the 17th verse. We're talking about the priesthood. Why? Because that's what Luke 1 starts out with. He starts out with the priest. This certain priest. Not any priest, but the priest of the Aaronic priesthood. And the Bible says that him and his wife, they walked righteously before God. Romans 1, 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. And is, is written, the just. The just, the just shall live by faith. What does just mean? That you're holy and you're set apart. That aligns with the priesthood. Putting on the new man. 
But the righteousness of God in you and me is revealed from faith to faith. We got to go beyond salvation. The saving faith. Where we think the blood of Christ stops right there and covers our, our, our sins. And we can continue to sin. Not in the priesthood. Because you saw what happened to two of Aaron's sons. They sent up incense that stunk in his nostrils. And he killed them dead. The priesthood. It's important for us to understand why he started out with the priesthood. He is in the Aaronic line. Dates back to when God started the Levitical priesthood with Aaron and his sons. Faith to faith is the righteousness of God revealed. That's why he tell us to put on the new man created in righteousness and true holiness. We move from faith to faith. And the righteousness of God in you and me is revealed. From glory to glory, we change into the same image of Christ. So as his Levitical, as his priest. As his priest. As his priest. I have to ask. Is the new man on? Is the righteousness of God and true holiness being revealed through you? From faith to faith. From glory to glory. Are you changing into the same image of Christ? We need to examine ourselves. We need to examine ourselves. We don't want to end up like the two sons of Aaron that died before their father. We don't want to end up knocking at the door of Christ and he say, turn away from me, you worker of iniquity. We don't want to end up that way. Let's go back to Luke, the first chapter. the first chapter verse 
The Bible says in verse 6, And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And this is the second point of verse 6. Vile, verse 6, they were walking blameless. And what does it mean to walk blameless? We have this priest, Zechariah. And to walk blameless means to be unblamed. The unblemished may be unblamed. You want to be unblamed. The unblamed, although you are unblamed, not always proving yourselves. You don't always have to prove yourself. The unblemished may be unblamed, although not always proving themselves. Let's go to First Peter. First Peter chapter 2. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. Verse 12. 2.12. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. That whereas they speak against you as evildoers. That they may be your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Verse 15, for so it is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. We're starting off with the priesthood. Why? Because that's how Luke starts off. He starts off talking about Zechariah, this certain priest of the lineage of Aaron. And what is he saying about this priest? He's saying the priest walked righteously before God. And they walk blamelessly. They didn't use their liberty for a cloak of maliciousness. But as the servants of God. And when you think about it, that's how the priest should be. Our Lord Jesus Christ became blamed taking on our sins men and women and consequently became blamed a, a blameless man became blamed believers should strive to be unblamed that is to say to have no fault found in them 
to be unblamed. Let's go to Philippians, the second chapter. Philippians, the second chapter, the 12th verse. It says, well, wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. That you may be blameless and harmless. The sons. The sons of God without rebuke. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Among whom ye shine as lights in the world. We're talking about the priesthood. Zacharias. The Bible says he was righteous, him and his wife, before God. And they were blameless. And to be blameless. This is something we should keep ourselves in the path of being blameless. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. He's saying, I understand as priests we go from faith to faith. I understand as priests we go from glory to glory. But he's saying, as, you, as I am the apostle, you are my beloved. And he's saying, you've always obeyed in my presence. But what I need you to do even more so is obey in my absence. Who is God saying and talking to in the priesthood? God is always watching. The Lord is talking to us first. We are of the priesthood. We don't want to end up like the two sons of Aaron that died because they offered up the wrong scent to God in his house. But we want to end up like the two sons who were made governors. The two sons that were governors in his house and in his sanctuary. For it is God which worketh in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. In the priesthood, we have to do like we tell others. We have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling before the Lord. 
we as a people of priests, we must understand that we have to obey in or out of God's presence. As the priesthood, we have to obey whether we are in the pastor's presence or out of his presence. In the priesthood, we have to obey in the leader's presence or out of the leader's presence. The priesthood. You can live or die as a priest. Let's go back to Luke, the first chapter. Luke, the first chapter. We're going to go back to verse 7 now. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were well stricken in years. And I just want to touch on this a little bit because it's like Abraham and Sarah. When the Bible says she was barren, she could not have a child like Sarah. But when the Bible says stricken in years, Zacharias was an elder. He was elderly in the priesthood, almost as if the age of Abraham and Sarah but not quite. The Bible just said, and stricken in years, well stricken. So he was old. She was barren, but their bodies were old and she couldn't give birth. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office, God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. He was a governor in the house of God, in the sanctuary. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And I want to skip down to verse 19. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tithings. So here we are. Zechariah is in the sanctuary performing his task by God. And all of a sudden, appearing unto him is an angel of the Lord. And he was standing on the right side of the altar of incense. So what does this angel do? First of all, we got to understand what an angel is. The, the meaning of angel means to bring a message. An angel brings a message. Now, a messenger of God is one not of nature. Why? Because he can be a created spiritual being or he can be a created human being. 
We've got to understand that the messengers of God are angels. Some are created spiritual messengers like Gabriel. He held the office of God. That means he was the chief. He was the chief. He was the prince. Just like Michael. Another created spiritual being. They call him the prince. And here, let's go to Mark, the 13th chapter. The 32nd verse. And it says, But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven. And what did Gabriel say? He said, I stand in the presence of God. So where is that but heaven? Neither the Son, but the Father. So I just sprung out this verse to show you the angels which are in heaven. Why? Because Gabriel said, I stand in the presence of God. Luke 1 and 19. He says, I am sent unto you to speak unto thee and to show thee these great tithings. These glad tidings. I want you to understand this. This is a part of the messenger's job. Whether you are human messenger or whether you are the created spiritual being that stands before God in heaven. In the priest's office, you stand before God.
to speak and to show things to people. He's a messenger of God. Daniel, the 8th chapter, the 16th verse, the Bible says, he says, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. Here it is now. He's here. He's being sent to give an understanding. Not only do he speak and show things to come, but he gives an understanding. Daniel, the ninth chapter, the 25th verse. Let's go back to the 24th verse. 23. All right, 21. It says, Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, here he comes again, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning. Being caused to fly swiftly touched me about the time of the evening oblation. While he was flying, he touched Daniel. And he informed him. So another thing that messengers do is they inform. And he talked with me, said Daniel. And, and he said, oh Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee Skill in understanding. The messengers of God. What did Daniel come to do? He came to give him skill and understanding. To restore and to build. And he gave him this understanding about some this 70 weeks and in verse 25 he says know therefore and understand from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build jerusalem unto the messiah the prince he is prophesying of when john the baptist is going to prepare the way for the Messiah, the Prince, the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah. I want you to turn back. I want you to turn back. Because when we begin to look at Zechariah... We're going to understand what Daniel 9, 25 is saying. It says to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince. That is what the angel came to tell Zechariah. And I'm going to read it now. Verse 11, verse 12. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear a son, and thou shalt call his name John. 
and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall receive at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall be turned to the Lord their God. Here it is. Because of John the Baptist, Gabriel is letting him know just what he let Daniel know. He was going to turn the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince. He wasn't just talking about the city, but the people. And we've got to understand the revelation that God is sharing with us here. Messengers. Messengers. They prophesy. If God give them a word, they do it. They prepare the way for God. Messengers. Sometimes they're sent to speak and show you things. Sometimes it's to give you an understanding. Sometimes it's to prepare the way for the Lord in your life. The messengers of God. Let's go to Revelations, the fifth chapter. Revelations, the fifth chapter. I'm going to start out at verse one. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book written within and on the backside sealed with the seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? What did he hear in heaven but another angel? And he's proclaiming. He's speaking forth. He's saying, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? Verse 5. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of of David hath prevailed to open this book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And I want you to tell you something about these seven spirits. You want to know how God knows what's going on everywhere all the time? It's these seven spirits. His seven spirits sent forth into the earth. 
And he came and he took the book out of the right hand of him that was on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. We're talking about the messengers of God. And here it is, verse 6. A lamb as it had been slain. Here it is, the elders in heaven. They hold the prayers of the saints. And what did the angel that stood before God named Gabriel do? He told Zechariah that prayer has came before God. He said, I heard your prayer. Messengers of the human office. Messengers of the human office are bishops or presiding elders. The angels of God. We just read it in verse 5. In chapter 5. In verse 5, he said, And one of the elders saith unto me. And then in verse 6, he says, And in the midst of the elders. And then in verse 8, he says, The four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb. Twenty-four elders in heaven falling down before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Before the Lamb of God. And they had the golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. They're the prayers of the saints. Revelation 1.20 To prove to you that these messengers of human kind that God will choose to stand before him in the priest's office and offer up incense and make sure your prayers move forward. The Bible says they are bishops or presiding elders. Revelation 1.20 says Jesus writes to them. He says the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches in verse 2 1 unto the angel of the church of Ephesus so what he's saying is unto the bishop Unto the presiding elder of the church of Ephesus. We got to understand the messengers of God. As a bishop or a presiding uh, elder, you are an angel of God. 
but of the humankind. This office is not about your natural nature. This office is about presenting what God wants presented. The message that is supposed to come through your mouth. The angels of God, the Bible in Luke, the first chapter. We're talking about the birth, the son revealed in this first chapter of Luke and the verses that we have revealed already. We're talking about the forerunner to be born. To reveal who the Son of God is. Let's look. Let's look deeper into this. Because Gabriel, the messenger of God, came to the priest. And he said to Zechariah, your prayer was heard. It was all in God's plan. And I've come to reveal to you. It ain't too late. You ain't well stricken when it comes to God. Your, your wife isn't barren when it comes to God. Those things don't matter when it comes to God. What matter is what the word of the Lord is. Here it is. Here it is. Verse 15 to 17. We just saw that Elizabeth shall bear a son. That's a prophecy to him. And thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness. And many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall be turned to the Lord their God. What happened in Daniel 9, 25, in verse 17? He will restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince. John the Baptist, the son that is about to be birthed, the son that is being revealed to Zechariah, we must understand that it is his time. And what did verse 17 say? He will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Why? Because who is coming but the Messiah? Who is about to be born but Jesus Christ himself? We've got to understand this. God's word does not fall to the ground. God's word does not fail. His messengers will fail at times, but his word will never fail. And I want you to understand this. We are the messengers of God. And we must go and we must deliver the words of God. It is to help a people. It is restore and to build. Preparing the way of the Lord. These level of elders of the humankind. The office of the bishop or the presiding elder. Prepare you for the Lord. 
prepare you for the Lord. Let's go to Malachi. Here we going back to some prophecies again. Why? Because we got to understand what happens in the New Testament is prophesied from the Old Testament. Except for the book of Revelation. Why? Because it was things to come. These things in the book of Revelation, some are happening, but there are times still to come. The prophecies all in Revelation are not yet fulfilled. But let's go back to Malachi. We're talking about the birth, the son revealed. Malachi, the fourth chapter. We're talking about this forerunner first. And in Malachi, God is prophesying through him. And he said, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Malachi, Malachi, let's go to Jeremiah, Elijah the prophet, what a powerful man, what a powerful man, and I say that because he was taken up in a whirlwind, he never died, what a powerful man, he walked closely with the Lord. Jeremiah, the first chapter. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet to the nations. Why am I talking about Jeremiah in the midst of talking about the forerunner for Christ? In the midst of talking about Elijah? Why? Because the angel Gabriel has come to Zechariah to let him know what this very verse say. He said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. So in other words, he's letting Zechariah know, I'm about to birth you a prophet. His priests, one of the ones that sent up good smelling odors to God. He was the governor. He was the governor in the sanctuary. From his mother womb, he was the prophet to the nations. From his mother's womb, he is sanctified and ordained to be a prophet to the nations, a messenger of God. What did the angel tell Zechariah? 
Let's go back to Luke, the first chapter. We got to understand that it was ordained before she even got pregnant. And if you are a prophet of God, you must understand the same thing. God knew you and formed you before you were in your mother's womb. And called thee a prophet to the nations. This man, this angel, Gabriel, this man, the priest, Zechariah, not only is he come to prepare to make ready a people prepare for the Lord, the Bible says in verse 17, he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. I like that. Because didn't we just say, the just shall live by faith. So the disobedient must be turned to the wisdom of the just. Galatians, the first chapter. John's purpose was revealed in those scriptures. The forerunner for the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Galatians, the first chapter. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, why did he do that? To reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the brethren, the heathen, Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Here it is. The Apostle Paul is telling a part of his story. God had called him. Why? To reveal his son in him. The birth. The son revealed. The son revealed the birth. He's to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He will be filled with the Holy Ghost. And he will come in the spirit and power of Elijah. And if you know anything about the spirit and power of Elijah, you would understand when he said spirit and power of, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. John 1, 23. John 1, 23. This is the testimony after John is born. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. And then I want to go to verse 
29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming into, unto him and he saith, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. What did we say in Daniel 9? To the time of the Messiah. The Messiah is the one who taketh away the sin of the world. Verse 30. He said, This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me. For he was before me. And I knew him not. But that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore I am come baptizing with water. He's preparing God's people for his son. He's preparing God's people for God's son. He is the Lamb of God. God's son is the Lamb of God. And John, he bore record to this saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him, and I knew him not. But he that sent me, remember the prophecies. Remember what Gabriel said. His purpose is to prepare the way for the Lord. I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. John was testifying and he's saying, look, I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same saith unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the spirit of descending and remaining on him. The same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the son of God. The birth. The sun revealed. The birth, the sun revealed. Luke, the fourth chapter. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's Jesus is talking. The Bible says John the Baptist was going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Coming in the spirit and power of Elijah. So he was filled with the Holy Ghost. In like manner, we just read that the dove ascended and descended and stood upon Jesus. The dove is the Holy Ghost. And Jesus is saying in 418, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because God baptized him in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of the Lord. 
X18. X18. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. I want you to see how the spirit and power of Elijah is the spirit of God. It's the spirit of the Lord. It's the Holy Ghost. The spirit and power of Elijah. The Bible, God didn't say. God said he would come in the spirit and power of Elijah. They were looking for Elijah. But he said this forerunner, he will come in his spirit and power. Why? Because he will have the Holy Ghost, the spirit of the Lord upon him. And he will walk in the power of God. And he will prepare the way of the Lord. And he was testifying, which means he was a witness. And John was baptized from his mother's womb. And the Bible says in verse 8 of Acts 1, After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be my witnesses. John the Baptist, the prophet of the Most High God, came in the spirit and power of Elijah. And he was his witness. Because John, we just read that he bore record that this was the Son of God. He testified. And what does it mean to have this power? You are able, you are capable to do. Dunamis is the Greek word. The power is derived from the word duna, being able and capable. In the plural form, it means you will be able to and be capable of miracles coming out of the mighty power of God. Inherent in Christ, and which power was lent to his witnesses and ambassadors. What did I just say in Acts? Acts 1.8 You become a witness after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. In Luke 24.49 God said I will send you the promise of God. The promise of God was the Holy Ghost at that time. Because Jesus is saying it in Luke 24.49 In John 20.22 he said Receive ye the Holy Ghost. We become witnesses of God. We can prepare the way for the Lord. Prepare the hearts of men for God to enter in. We can be his witnesses. The apostles. He said you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. In Acts 2, 1 through 4, it tells us that the Holy Ghost came in like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house, and then it appeared unto them like cloven tongues as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they were able to speak in other tongues. Why? Because the power, the Holy Ghost had rested upon them. Then he makes them able and capable. And he makes you and me able and capable. I want to go back to Luke, the first chapter. The Holy Ghost. The Bible says John the Baptist. Gabriel spoke to him. And then here is Zechariah, this righteous man, this blameless man. And this is his response to Gabriel. He, now, Gabriel just told him, God heard your prayers come up before him. And I'm going to tell you this, and you're going you're gonna to have a son. And listen to Zacharias, his priest. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. See what happened? Zechariah the priest. He took his eyes off God and put it on his situation. Zechariah the priest. He looked at his natural. It brought unbelief to his mind. His excuse was, For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. Sound like Abraham and Sarah. Look at verse 19. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. And am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. Verse 20. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak. Until the day that these things shall be performed. In other words, till the season is fulfilled, the timing of the prophecy to come to pass because of your unbelief in, not, in my words. He was speaking the words of God and he had, and, and Zacharias the priest had unbelief. He said, until the day these things come to pass, you will be dumb and not able to speak. These angels that stand in the presence of God, the created spiritual beings, they can pass judgment. They can pass judgment. And yes, they are messengers. So I'm looking at this saying, the bishops, the presiding elders, they too can pass judgment. Why? 
I'm going to say this. The Apostle Paul, he said, because of these men were doing this evil, I'm going to give them up to Satan. What did he do? He passed judgment. The messengers of God. The messengers of God. And the people, verse 21... When you don't believe a prophecy of God to be fulfilled in his season, unbelief. The devil is a liar to make you think and the people waited for Zacharias. And marvel that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. This one, this bishop, he wasn't a bishop, he was a created spiritual being. This created spiritual being. He said, Thou shalt be dumb and not be able to speak. And when Zacharias came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. He remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And our final two verses. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months. He, she hid herself five months saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. What does it mean when God is looking upon you? He saw Zacharias, his faithful priest, governing the sanctuary in the incense. His faithful priest. His priest governing the incense in the Lord's house. This priest was righteous and blameless. So was his wife. And the Bible says, the Lord has dealt with me. She is saying the wife. In the days wherein he looked on her to take away the reproach among men. So what does it mean? What is God saying? What is she saying? She's saying the Lord looked upon her. That means... She found favor in the sight of God.
it was a favorable thing. A woman that's barren now conceived. She has birth within her now. God has a born child in the body of his servant, Elizabeth. The Bible says she conceived. A child is born at conception. She conceived. A child is born at conception. And she said, God has now looked favorably upon me and has taken away my reproach among men. He has taken away my shame in my old age, stricken in years. He has taken away my shame. He has taken away my shame. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this word. I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. God, I pray that you would just move upon your people. Let your word penetrate the hearts of the minds and men that he of men and women that hear this message. I pray that it take root and grow. Let them count up the costs of the priesthood of one governing in the sanctuary. Let them count up the costs of preparing the way for the Lord. Take away the reproach. Look favorably upon your people, God. In the name of Jesus, have your way. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen.